AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. All right, so we were. Is it crooked? All right, let's go. Cut to it, crew. What's going on? What's going on? Smitty, how you doing? I got a question for you. <laughs> Whoa, why are you already laughing? This is a whole podcast. Like, I'm supposed Be- to have questions. I'll <laughs> tell you why, because I'm on the microphone. You know how that backstage, goes. You're becoming a regular now. Hey, man. You're becoming you know, a regular. You're not backstage <laughs> Joe anymore. A lot, a lot of things happen, man. A lot right. of things go on. Right. Question for you. Have you ever had any weird fan interactions? And do, and do any... Several. Any... any Recent ones? Walk, walk me through. Walk us I, through. I don't think it was a... I don't even know what it was. Okay. Uh, Weird. <laughs> super. Weird. It was at the gas station the other day. Okay. You were with me? Yeah, the three of us were in the car together. Yeah. Went inside because the, um, the pump said, please wait. Never stick your card in where it says, please wait. <laughs> <laughs> Words to live by. <laughs> Fortune cookie. <laughs> I'm like, nah, I'm going to go inside. Yeah. So I went inside, gave some money, filled it up. Thought it was pretty cool. I didn't know. Pulled up. Hey, let me put such and such on eight. Mm-hmm. Come outside, finish. Close my gas, you know, gas tank. Hop in the car. Vroom, turn on my car. And there's a gentleman. Pulls up in a car. He had his homeboy in the back seat, which was a dog. 
D-O-G, Roof Roof Dog, not his <laughs> doggy dog, but yeah. a, you know, an animal, his companion. And uh, pulled up and said, hey, I got a question. I said, yes. Then he goes, oh, I figured it out. And pretty much after that, I was lost. <laughs> right. Mind you, we have no idea what this question no was. Qu- yeah. No, we had we no clue. We didn't ask him a question. No, he didn't ask me a question. <laughs> no, it, it, it was uh, he pulled up, and I thought it was like, "Come on, bro, let's not yeah. play the lost." Like, yeah. other dudes don't ask other dudes. Hey, are you lost? You know? Hey, do you know where? No, I don't. Yeah, that's my go-to. Yeah. So you he- can ask. I can be. I can be. In front of an ice cream shop, and you say, "Hey, do you know what an ice cream shop is?" And I, mm-mm, nope, not from mm-hmm. around here. Uh-huh. That's my. Mm-mm. So he rolls up, says he figured it out. Says he figured it out, and then so now, of course, I'm in the back seat. You're riding shotgun, mm-hmm. and we look over, and now we're kind of interested. In like, what is he talking? Because it about? was a showdown. Now <laughs> right? this guy is quiet. Steve's just sitting there because we don't know what's going on. Clueless, clueless. And so, like, there's this five second pause where it's like a. It's a showdown. And so then he looks at and goes, looks at Steve and goes, You good? Right. Now, that ain't the answer. <laughs> when you ask me, Am I good? Those fighting words. Yeah. yeah thank you. <laughs> Those fighting it words. It implies you're not. <laughs> right. Yes. Or that we have an issue. Yes. We call so, you, kids call it beef. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so he says, You good? I said, You good. Yeah. I'm good. Now, when you say, generally when you say no, that's where the problems start. So, for the most part, when someone says you good, it's, it's not a greeting for you. Hell what is you, what uh-huh. is What is your disposition on you good? Because I've heard other people go to someone, hey, yo, what's up, man? You good? Is it is it the way that someone says it? Or is it just the words, you good, with a question mark behind it? That generally is a, we got problems. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you understand that? Mm-hmm. And my answer is, yes, SOB. I know we got right. problems. Right. So if I dapped you up right now, like, yeah, what's up, baby? You good? You taking we, that as? We, no, we good because yeah. we're friends. I, yeah, but if it's a, okay, so that helps. So now if I'm a stranger and I say, How about this? you good? If you a stranger, you roll up in your car. And I don't know you, and you don't know me. <laughs> right. And you say, "Hey, yo." Now man. that's a that's a whole different context. And man. you say, "Hey, yo, you, you good? good?" Man, you had, what he got in his what he got shotgun. <laughs> right. <laughs> My response. Right. Right. Is not gonna be yes. <laughs> it's gonna be you good? Yeah. So you see, you asking me, "Am I good?" And I'm asking, I didn't answer, did I? I yeah. asked you, "Are you good?" Mm-hmm. Now, what comes out of your mouth after that? <laughs> That's when they say this fireworks. That, 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 that sets the table for next steps. Right. Yes. Bringing this thing back full circle. Back right. full circle to this individual with you good that we didn't know at a gas who pulled station, up. Who pulled uh-huh. up. And Awkward exchange. Yes. So, so he goes, you good? Yeah, I'm good. You good? Yeah, man. And his response. <laughs> after I said you good. This is where, because I want to know what his narrative is when he pulled off. Because this man's response after Steve said a you good was, yeah, I'm used to I'm it. I'm used to it. We're and like, rolled off. And what are you like, used to? What are you used to? Like, he, here's what happens. <laughs> Again, Gerard and I, were, you know, we're out with Steve a lot. So we run across situations like this all the time. The most awkward and... Pe- 
silly ass individuals, for lack of Pe- better words. People have a scenario played out in their mind when they walk up to say Steve. In their mind, they're going to say, hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Maybe I get a picture. We have a few minutes conversation. We walk off. This dude had that in his mind. But when the conversation didn't go with, hey, how's it going? It went with, you good? It was, it was an awkward way he to get out of conversation. Shook. Like, he was shook. Because usually Steve is the one that says, yeah, it's fine. I get it all the time. And, you know, he's cordial and nice. and has con- but- It depends on how you come up to me. Now, if you come up to me expecting I owe you something, oh, you're going to get some old on <laughs> Where does this rank amongst your awkward fan or just individual Reactions. Well, this one rank, ranks in the category of mm, this is why I stay in the house a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to that. I'm used to that. <laughs> and and because what it generally happens is, and I think I've done a better job, but there are times here in Charlotte I'm known for not being very approachable. And a lot of it is because I've, you know, I've I don't want to say been burned, but I have been approached at times where. It's really just taken away from what I'm currently doing, mm-hmm. right? And my oldest boy, Peyton, I remember we were, uh, I broke my leg, and Mario's like, you need to go do something. So I started coming to his lunch. He was in, I think, the second grade. Now, Peyton is 22 years old. And so <clears throat> I was going to lunch and sitting there at lunch, and one of these kids knew who I was, so he had, like, my – Rookie or second year car, second year in the league, he got a car. And he says, hey, Mr. Smith, can you sign a car for me? I was like, sure, all right. And Peyton had this such defeated look. Peyton was in the second grade. Second grade. Mm-hmm. He looks at me and says, Dad, are you here to sign autographs or are you here to have lunch with me? Think about that. Mm-hmm. Think about how... A seven-year-old connects that. And what it really told me is he's like, I don't care how many damn passes you catch, Bob. Yeah. I just want you to be my dad. Yep. And from there, I've tried to balance that I don't go to events for your kids. Yeah. I go for my kids. And I'm not trying to be rude, but I've been at – taking my kids and out of the family and bowling and people have been upset because I won't stop bowling with my family and go over to their lane to be part of their birthday party because that'll make their kids day. But I, I, I mean, ultimately I understand the responsibility, but ultimately God is going to judge me on how you right. I tend to my flock before I start going to other mother flocks, yeah. how I handle my, my kids and my present for, my present for my family is I can't be this great superstar football player for all these other people and be a dirtbag at the house. Yeah. And so a lot of times when I'm out with my fam, I don't have time. You off. You turned off. I'm, I'm off. I'm yeah. like the bank. Right. And there are some people who respect it, some people who get it. And I've had people who cuss me out. Yeah, you don't have a responsibility of always being on for everybody. No. You know why? And here's my philosophy. If the bank ain't open 24 <laughs> hours a day. Neither are you. What? But you know what, though? What? I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. 
Who we got? Coming up on the Cut to a Podcast, we've got London Fletcher, a 16-year NFL vet. He's a four-time pro bowler. He's an NFL all-pro. And he's currently an NFL analyst for CBS Sports. London Fletcher on the Cut to It Podcast. Appreciate y'all having me. We appreciate, we appreciate you being on. So our first segment is called Get Iced Up. You know Smitty well, so I have no idea what he has up his sleeve. So Smitty, go ahead and give him the first one. You ready? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm ready, man. I'm okay. ready. All right. Yeah. So what was your first concert you went to? Back in the day, it was a it was a rap concert. Uh, no, actually, it was like it was a mixture of rap and, and uh, like old school, like UTFO. I don't know if you remember those. You, you might be a little too young to remember UTFO. Yeah, UTFO. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I'm a little too, too young. young for... And West Coast. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, like, see, people on the East Coast, they know about UTFO, man. So what is um, UTFO? Yeah, yeah. Um, Fairy tale lover. See, yeah, yeah. See, you, oh, you're on the West Coast. See? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you got to have to Google that. Google them, man. UTFO. So basically, your first concert was Brian McKnight. Is that what you just tell him? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I did go to a Brian McKnight concert. Um, and the crazy thing, when I went uh that UTFO, oh, why did my butt? Now I know. Roxanne, Roxanne. Now, yeah, yeah. Had, had um, sorry. See, <laughs> yeah, see, you Googled that, didn't you? I did. did. Yeah, I had to. I had to. Yeah, had to Google yeah. it, but it's, I, I know it, but it's literally. I know Roxanne, Roxanne, but I didn't I know I do, too, but that's it. that yeah. fast forward. <laughs> hey. My mother and my mother took me to the concert. That's how crazy. <laughs> oh my! What was your first concert, Smitty? What was yours? Um, uh, you probably went to see E forty. E forty. Is that no. language? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go. To, my first concert was until I was an adult. And so it was probably it was a West Coast uh, concert. Mine was Rough Riders Cash Money. I remember I was fit. I was fifteen years old. Where were they at? Here in Charlotte, the oh, old Coliseum. The old Coliseum. We sit in the very top. So I'm like. Why does it smell funny up here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Back to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, but I'll tell you what. The best concert I ever went to was Prince in Cleveland at the uh, at the Cavaliers Arena. Man, this was uh, Prince uh, Prince put on a show, a heck of a show. He got, a, he got about a 10-minute standing ovation after he left, and and he ended up coming back out and doing an encore performance. It, he was, oh man, you talk about a concert? Yeah, that was a bad concert. Another really good concert I went to that I was just amazed uh, at what he was able to do. Um, Stevie Wonder. Mm, that, what that brother can do blind, I can't do with <laughs> 10 set of eyes. Hey, you know they said Stevie really can see me. Really really, really, really <laughs> not with that hairline. I know he can. <laughs> He, he walking around. That <laughs> boy hairline so jacked up. He gotta be somebody, blind. Somebody. You see somebody it. see his that. his braids is at damn near the back of his head. He got duck. Hey, <laughs> you know he blind because his head it it goes forehead, ski ball, hair. <laughs> All right, man. You know what? That might be you you got a good point. That that right there tells the story. Yeah. Question. That's you know that answer. Yeah, Stevie, Stevie, he's blind. Yeah, you. And and this is how you know he's blind because if he was, if he could really see, he put on. You know, Oakley got some nice glasses. That brother be wearing blue blockers. So, (laughs) no, you see. (laughs) 
So anyway, I have digress. So just some well, loop blockers. So what's your favorite item of clothing? Oh man, um golf shirts. Yeah, because I'm I'm always uh you know golf I would say golf clothing. Okay, okay. I know this one, but I had to ask, and I was cheesing the whole time I was typing this up. Do you prefer swimming in the pool or ocean? <laughs> pool. <laughs> why are you chuckling? You okay. tell me why, man. Pool, man. I, that boy's scared of the ocean. <laughs> man, we'll, hey, we'll mess with the ocean, man. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way, though. No, I don't but, ocean. no. Mm. That, London is a ferocious linebacker. <laughs> Skated ocean. Man, get his ass in that water in that yeah. ocean. I, I, I bet he don't. You don't go further than probably your knees, right? Man, I I go a little bit further, but I ain't that. A little ain't, bit. You can't go further than what you can see. No, me and my so my daughter, my oldest, she just like me because uh, the rest of the family they want to take a cruise. Her and I, we like listen. No, no. Y'all go do y'all thing. Her and I, we're good. We'll stay back. We'll. Y'all have a good time. We 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 are not with that. Uh, we don't want to be in a cruise. I don't want to be out there on that water like that. I'm, so I'm, uh, you you got taught that. That's the same way in my family. Yeah. And I could swim, but I just I don't. Yeah, he's prefer with it. You he prefer it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like would you like ranch or blue cheese? Uh, neither. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. Want it, no. it, and I when I was typing this up, I was smiling and laughing. I like I already know this answer, but I'm gonna ask anyway. So, what was your favorite team growing up? Any sport? Oh man, the uh, the Browns, yeah, the Cleveland Browns. I, I love the Browns growing up. Uh, back when they had Bernie Kosar, Webster Slaughter, um, shoot, man, the Mac, uh, Ernest Biner, Kevin Mack. When they were going to the AFC Championship games, they went to three AFC Championship yeah. games, lost to the Broncos, and all three. I I hate Jeff John Elway. Still don't like him to to this day. That's um that's deep rooted right there. I, I love the Browns so much, man. So you you know how you had you always had that one friend who wants to go against the grain. Regard like if everybody likes blue, he's gonna be the one that he likes like red. red. Yep. Yeah. So he was the one guy who all of us like the Browns, but he wants to out of all the players, he his favorite player is John Elway. So we. We're going to school one morning. It's in middle school. It's cold in Cleveland, like January. Walking to school, he gets to talking. Um, and he like to talk a lot. So you talking about uh, John Elway? He's like Elway, Elway. I said, listen now. You say Elway one more time. One more. I'm hitting you in your mouth. <laughs> you, hit, you say Elway one more time. I'm he you didn't in say your it. Mouth. He said, L, he didn't get the way out. Man, I hit him right in his mouth, man. I, oh. Dude, man, nobody want to hear no John Elway. You can't be, you couldn't be a John Elway fan in Cleveland. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. That's that's how much I love the Browns back then. So then who, oh, yeah. was your, who was your favorite athlete that you admired growing up as a kid? Uh, I really didn't have just one guy. I used to love Eric Dickerson hmm. as a running back. Um. He's like a lot more, more, um, a lot of the Browns play. I didn't have, you know, Dickerson was probably my favorite guy. Other than that, it was just more like players. Me and you are neighbors. We play golf together. Our, you know, you we've come over each other's house. Our kids have played together. But one of the interesting things about um, this sit down, no cut to it, is the London Fletcher that I've played against on the football field 
and the London Fletcher I play golf with, you know, we'll walk or, you know, we rode together, played a lot of sports, played, you know, our kids have played together. But the London Fletcher that I've got an opportunity to do the research of, I don't know. I'm learning a lot. And so one of the things I kind of wanted to say to you, I feel like I've shortchanged our relationship, man. It really, uh, I've learned so much about you that I, I think a little bit because I, I, I admire you and see you as a mentor. Our, our, our listeners get opportunity to learn about the London Fletcher and how you grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. But also for me, man, I get to learn about you. So I, I, I'm just honored to, to be able to do this. But I also, again, say that the perspective I've gained about you, man, is the next time we play golf, bro, I, I'm just going to be staring at you because it's like, <laughs> gosh, you know, so I, I mean, I'll just get into it. You know, I, I said it. you grew up in and the place you're from, in your whole town is Cleveland, Ohio. But how did Cleveland, Ohio shape your perspective of how you see the world today? Oh, uh, it, it shoot, it shaped my perspective. Uh, I mean, everything, the way I see the world is was shaped, um, you know, during my time in Cleveland from the, you know, from my early childhood up until um, when I finally uh, left Cleveland for good at, at um, shoot, I, I moved out of Cleveland um, finally at around 2006, I want to say, 2007. But, um, you know, just uh, growing up, in the inner city, like like a lot of people, um, inner city Cleveland, you have your different challenges that you face, but um, you have to. Um, Cleveland kind of hard hardens you. It's a uh, it's a blue collar town, but it's also um, you know it's a just a rough city. Um, you have to be mentally and physically tough to survive. Um, when you walk out of the out of your house, you know I leave out my door and crack people selling crack right on right on the corner, right, you know, next door over, um, a lot of drug gang violence. Um, I mean, I've seen, you know, just a lot of shootings, just all, all the things that, that you shouldn't have to see as a young kid and have to navigate when you, as soon as you leave your house, um, you know, it's just, uh, it was, it was tough. So you had to definitely be mentally tough and physically tough because you'd be challenged, um, you know, physically, a lot of fighting, things like that, and it, it definitely uh, tests your met metal. So I, man, when you think about that, as especially as a young kid, being um, having to deal with that on a daily basis, it um it definitely um makes you stronger. We have to take a break, and more than anything, we gotta pay some bills. Mm-hmm. You got checks. I love Cut To It, and I, I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And you can follow us on social media, too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at Cut To It on Instagram. What about Twitter? At Cut To It. Facebook? Cut To It featuring Steve Smith Sr. What about online? And you can follow us at CutToItPodcast.com, where you can buy merch, and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers questions. Um, I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cut to it podcast.com. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I mean, you had a lot of big events impact you. Just like, how did you overcome that? Because, you know, just as a dad... I can't look at my kid. When I look at my kids and I see who they are, I cringe at imagining what I've been through, you know, cause I know what it's done to me. Yeah. So I know what it's done to me. I'm like, man, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to, you know, if I had the choice, obviously this is all hypothetical, but I had the choice. Like I, I really put myself in that position. I go, man, it is, is, has impacted me. How did you get through it? You know, thinking about my kids and and them, I was growing up on a country club and and how I um, grew up where man, we barely could. Um, there was times where you know we didn't have much to eat. Just the contrast and, and just um, how how um, naive they are to to just the challenges that that people face in, in this world. Um, I mean, I man, my from the time I was in. Um, college we had a lot of um a lot of deaths that happened in my family um a um, couple suicides uh you know with my aunts um, two two aunts committed suicide um all within the span of of shoot probably about a year each other then my um when i was in college my freshman year in college used to get um when you get an off-campus ring you knew it was a, like you get the double ring and um, I used to always kind of worry about the double range that you would get off campus. Actually, I'm going to take you back even further than that because um, my older sister, um, so I'm one of five kids. My mom, she had um, five kids. I was the middle child. I have a have an older brother who's um, nine years older than me, had an older sister who was uh, six years older than me. I'm the middle child. Got a young a sister that's five years younger than me and then a sister that's seven years younger than me. So when I was... Uh, 11 years old my sister who uh who was not six years older than me she was uh murdered at uh, eight, 18 years old 
she was um, raped and um, left dead uh, by some railroad tracks at the age of uh, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 11 years old. And that, that had a tremendous impact on, um, on me, my mom, um, just our family in general, where you have, you know, here she is, you know, should be graduating high school and, and going off to college and she was um, murdered. And, and um, she was, she was into the um, street life at a, at an early age, probably around the time she was 13 years old. She was, you know, um, hanging out, doing things that she shouldn't have been doing, um, using drugs, um, just, uh, just something that you wouldn't think a, a 13 year old should be doing. Um, my older brother, he was uh, selling drugs in and out of jail, um, incarcerated, things like that. My mom, when my with my sister's death, that had a, a, a impact on us. We were all parents, so can you imagine if you if we lost a child, what that would do to us, and what type of impact that would have on her? So at um, a few years after my my sister was murdered, my mom, you know, didn't know how to cope with that. She turned to a using drugs. And I found out about that. Um, she started smoking crack at, at, um, when I was like, I found out I was like 14 years old when, mm. when I found out about my, my mom, by my mom and her situation. And that just, uh, man, that shook me to the core. I was, uh, man, that hurt like what just, just to, um, you know, know that your mom is using drugs and, and the, uh, the way that that drug, um, what it did to families, what it did to people, how it destroyed, uh, destroyed families. So it was just a, a lot of challenges and, and difficult times that, that you start to deal with, um, that I was dealing with from the time I was 11 years old and um, through, uh, you know, through college, really, um, just like, man, you know, somebody shouldn't have to deal with, mm-hmm. with these types of uh, situations. And um, freshman year of college had, freshman year to my sophomore year of college, we had, you know, four relatives who, uh, who died. Uh, one was my, my younger cousin was murdered, uh, aunt died of a heart attack and two other aunts died of suicide. So it's just like, man, just so much stuff that it can overwhelm you. It can um, mm-hmm. have you question all kinds of things. Um, you know, just some difficult situations that uh, myself and my family, we had to go through over, over a period of time. How do you carry all of that? As black men, you know, they, they, they don't want you to, you got to kind of be tough, not really um, show your true emotions. I went through some, in, in college, uh, I used to like have anger issues. I, they actually sent me to counseling for, for, uh, for some uh, anger issues. Cause you know, I would, uh, when I was playing basketball or football, I would definitely have some uh, moments where I I let my frustrations out, you know, on somebody in practice or, or on the on the court, on the practice field or whatever, because, you know, you've just been carrying that burden around for so long. Um, um, in high school, um, you know, maybe a lot of fights I would get into. It was, it was just dealing with those. Uh, that was my way of kind of dealing with those things, coping with it. Um, I wasn't going to – I didn't cry. Um, it just – like I would just let out my frustrations um, through fights or, or things like that. Being where I'm at now, um, at 45 years old, I understand 
how if you let things fester and, and manifest how how uh, something really small could you know blow up to something bigger but it was it's not it's more of a byproduct of, of something else um but not having you know not how to not knowing how to deal with those things and and really being able to talk to somebody about the um, hurt I was dealing with or you know where especially when you um you know you're 14 years old and your mom is not the mom that you knew for so many years um she was there physically but you know emotionally and and being that supportive person that you needed and that I needed in my life that that has an impact on me you were part of a really unique mentoring program there was a couple uh, Charlotte Kramer and Leonard Schwartz. What what was what was that mentoring program like? Yeah, so um, Charlotte Kramer, um, Mrs. Kramer, she she adopted our um, sixth grade graduating class in this program called the I Have a Dream program. It was started by uh, a gentleman named Eugene Lang in New York, and he did a, did a similar deal in New York City with some kids graduating. Um, from elementary and what she did she she promised us this is back in like 1987 um it was like a quarter of a million dollars that she donated or she set aside for us i don't know how much that would be in today's money but it was geared towards um whole bunch <laughs> yeah we talking yeah so it was a a lot of money that was geared towards hey this is money for you all to go to utilize uh, for your college um tuition or secondary education um once you graduate high school, this was a, a, a white Jewish lady who um, wanted to give back. She had done very well. Her husband was, um, his name was Mr. Mr. Schwartz. Um, during that time, they didn't just, uh, they, they didn't just say, hey, here's this money. We'll see you when you graduate. But they also provided each one of us, it was like 70, I think about 72 uh, kids. So they got each one of us a, a, a mentor and, uh, I was kind of uh, Mr. Schwartz ment uh, mentee because out of default, because I was so bad. They, didn't, <laughs> they, they were like, uh, you know, we 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 gotta we gotta give a special give him a special one. So uh, I was I was the crazy thing is like I was like a straight A student, A's and B's, but again I had a lot of um, anger inside of me. So I was you know I was a child I was a challenging kid. So uh, he was my mentor, um, and they provided us with mentors throughout throughout that. Um, that time frame to help us navigate everything we were going through. Out of those 72 kids, probably only about 15 truly took advantage of, of the opportunity that was there. Um, you know, a lot of the girls dropped out of high school had or junior high or whatever, had babies. Um, you know, same thing with, with a lot of the boys, drug selling, some of them uh, had uh, early deaths, uh, you know, dropped out of high school or school, just a lot of different challenges that took place between the time she made that commitment and when it was time to graduate high school. So not uh, only a, only a small percentage actually took advantage of of uh, what she had there, but she um, they did so much for me because they not only helped me with my college, they also helped me, um, you know, they paid for me to go to a private high school to be able to utilize my athletic ability. It's like, hey, you know, um, we're going to help you um, with some high school, uh, your high school tuition to go to this uh, uh, Catholic high school, which uh, that really changed the course of my my life and, and, and you know, played an integral part in why I'm here, 
where I'm at right now. There had to be a little challenging. Yeah, that's different. Uh, for uh, what's the word? A knucklehead? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely um, a culture shock because I I transferred to the school in the uh, middle of my tenth grade year. So I I, I didn't um, I actually transferred in the middle between <laughs> semesters, um, and I go from a Cleveland public school to a Catholic high school, and, and just the the discipline the you know, I couldn't get away with what I was getting away with at, at the Cleveland Public School. I couldn't, you know, if I didn't show up in class in the Cleveland Public School, it wasn't any different. If I, you know, didn't, nobody cared. It wasn't called home. If I cut school that day, whatever, nobody called home. Man, I, if I missed a, if I was five minutes late to a class, it was an issue um, at the, uh, at that Catholic, Catholic high school. Um, not only that, I had to take, you know, depending, I take two buses to school. So, I went from walking to school to now having to have the discipline to get up early, mm-hmm. get on those, uh, take those two buses to school. The um, just the rigor and the uh, discipline. It was difficult that first uh, first semester. Major adjustment. Just the the type of kids that were there. Most of them had um, been in Catholic um, private school for from the time they were in elementary, so they had been you know used to this. Where it's posted, where <laughs> coming in there from from my background, I'm you know I was I was rough to, <laughs> to say the least. I was I was a challenger. They they definitely uh you know had their work cut out with me. Man, it it it, it really helped me uh, because you're dealing with. I go from dealing with the people who are in the same situation as me, having the same challenges, um, just one perspective on the world to. You go to uh to there where you is multi ethnic, um, you know different uh social economic backgrounds. Um, you had you know some of the wealth some wealthy kids there, and then you had some had some some kids who were uh, poor who needed uh, financial assistance. So you had a range um, from from an economic standpoint, but just to it just helped me be able to deal with more people uh, on a, and understand that you know the life is just. Life is not black and white. But how important was sports growing up in terms of collegiate opportunity for you to, you know, for you to go off to college? How important was sports to, for you? Man, it was, it was, shoot, it was everything. Even though um, I knew, hey, you had to go to college to, in order to play pro. You had to do this. You had to, you know, I was very familiar with like Prop 48 and all that type of stuff. So all the different things that, that um, was going to be required for me in order to, um, you know, get a college scholarship. I wanted to play college, uh, college sports, college basketball in particular. So I learned very quickly once I got to that school, hey, I got I to gotta do right in the classroom. You know, I saw athletics as my way out. I saw college. I didn't see academics, which is sad. It was, hey, sports is going to be my way out of this situation. Hmm. You say it's sad. Well, why is that sad? Because we don't emphasize the amount of money that's available to you from a, a, a merit-based scholarships or, or, or academic scholarship. It's not even, it's so much more. Athletic money is only like a fraction of what is available to com- compared to uh, the academic money that's available. You, you much, you much, you, it's far easier to get a, your school paid for academically than it is athletically. 
So you said you had dreams of playing college basketball. Yes, he did. <laughs> played football and basketball in high school. You aspired to play collegiately. Which one was your first love? Mm, I didn't know that. Basketball, man. I was, basketball. I was a hooper, man. Yeah. I'm Let me tell you something about London and basketball. <laughs> he has film of himself playing basketball. Hey. He transferred from a VHS cassette. <laughs> oh, so, he so he got all He's the old, old. I'm talking hey, about. Man, I got my stuff. <laughs> I got a squint. Now here's the best part, though. Oh, let me give you a visual aid. Close your eyes, people. London Fletcher. London's. I give you five ten. London's five ten. Two hundred and forty pounds. Not anymore. <laughs> I used to be. I, I, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> give you some yeah. grace. 240 pounds wearing the same exact shorts that John Stockton and Carmelo used to wear when they were with Utah Jazz. When they were delivering the mail. Hot shorts. Hey, hey Steve. Yes. When, when you saw that video, though, you was a little bit surprised about uh, my skills, though. You, you, you uh, thought I was going to be just a brute out there. Here's what I like to say. He, when he was over at the house and he showed me, I was surprised and like, wow, look at London. But I couldn't give him any benefit of Why not? Because the me and London are really good friends, but we we competitive now. Okay. Oh yeah. Like, if we playing golf, give me a stroke. No, I ain't giving you no stroke. Come on, no, I ain't giving you no stroke. You didn't get. You should have called that pass over the middle. Me and London still talk. Uh -huh. If they show a highlight of me. When London was with Washington, they, on my football life, there's a play I'm going across the middle. London hit me, but London actually hit me so hard he knocked himself off of me. <laughs> <laughs> I took credit as you knocked him down. I knocked him down. That's hey. how better we yeah. are. It, I group text those group of men <laughs> at like six in the morning. Yeah. When I saw it, because I was running, it's like came, it was, it was on, and I was watching, I was watching work and then doing work sometimes the ads come on and uh -huh. it was my football life like black. And I saw that sit the group text like, yeah, look at this. Uh -huh. That's how competitive we are. Hey man, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to find, I didn't want to, I didn't want to catch a fine. I also know his wife. You know, I was like, I, I'm going to take it easy on Steve. That's <laughs> what he was thinking when he was trying to knock the snot out of me. I don't want to knock, yeah. I just want to, want to lock a, a rib loose, but I was really surprised how athletic because he was still a linebacker yeah he, he was a big boned dude oh yeah well, he, he ain't like the charlie ward no. nate robinson no, no you know who you remind me of if you go back and watch charles barkley games when he was younger oh bro he could yeah. move yeah london yeah yeah but he just it was surprised he was moving that boy had them high nick nick <laughs> and the and the short shorts but I, I was pretty, I would say now on here, it's on recording, for a middle linebacker, and I believe one of the best ones in the game, mm -hmm. who's who has the same amount and mm -hmm. slightly better Talk numbers about it. Talk than, about it. Than, than the then, former Raven. Mm -hmm. Number 52. London can move. And that, that was the part that I was really shocked on. The biggest shocker that London has film of himself playing basketball. <laughs> That, that, that was the biggest shocker. Like, man, what is this dude walking around with this footage? <laughs> like, look, 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 look. But because of the position London play, I get it and I understand it, right? And also, too, the competitiveness of the type of uh, type of folks 
we are mm-hmm. um we're always going at it. we i mean bro we will play golf and bet who's ha, who, who can finish this hole can, can you knock in at your corner right it's yeah. just just to spin someone else's quarter Oh yeah, we will bet. Man. We will bet a round of golf, and the person has to buy the wings. Like, oh, we in the clubhouse. <laughs> who, who, who's yeah. buying? Yeah. Oh, I'm not buying London. I'm not buying because I won. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. 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 But it, it, it's a great, healthy relationship. It pushes us. I mean, we were shoot when I was first re- first retired. Man, we used to put. We used to walk. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Steve, you start working too much, man. You stop golfing. I think. I think he's running from me. I think you're actually Ooh. running from me. That's what it is more than anything. I am. Honestly, said you're running. I'm running. Yeah, you always talking about you, you, you working, you're busy. Now, I think you're running. I am running. When the spring come, I'm going to run up on your ass on the golf course. How about that? <laughs> Wherever you want to play, I'm always game for some golf. Okay, cool. I think it's about that time. Just uh, take a little breather. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to it. Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a T-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. We know London Fletcher, the, the, the Super Bowl winning St. Louis, Washington Redskins, Buffalo Bills. But you went to a Division One school, Catholic school and basketball scholarship. Good. Take us yeah. through. Yeah. So, um, as I mentioned, my, my first love was basketball. I, um, I didn't play football until my senior year of high school. 
had um did well, had some had some division one scholarship offers for football and basketball. But I was my heart was set on playing uh, basketball at that point in time. So I, I ended up uh, taking the uh, taking the basketball scholarship to St. Francis in Pennsylvania. Um, and I get up there. I, I, I after that year of high school football, I, I really just did that too. Um, so I wouldn't have any regrets when mm-hmm. I got older, you know, the woulda, shoulda, coulda, like, oh, I shoulda did this and all mm-hmm. that. So um, I got to, I got to college my freshman year and I'm watching, uh, I went to a football game at St. Francis and I'm watching these, these guys out there playing. I'm like, man, these dudes weak, man. I need to be out here playing. <laughs> I, I, I started missing football. I, I wanted to play. Um, and I, I actually was like, man, I should be playing football. But I didn't um, didn't think about playing at St. Francis because the head coach of the football team was also the athletic director, and I I did not did not care for him, man. He was just not a not somebody I I, I liked at all. I, I didn't want to play for him. So um, go through a stayed in my freshman year. Um, decided to transfer to middle of my sophomore year. So I was like, uh, if I wanted to play football, so if you go from a Division One to a Division Two, three, two or three school. You don't have to sit out. You play immediately. So I, yeah, I can play immediately. So I went. I transferred to John Carroll. Um, and re- part of the reason why I chose John Carroll it was close to home. It was only like 15, 20 minutes from where I grew up. My mom's situation was getting a lot um, worse. Um, I wanted to be there for my younger sisters. I just needed to be home. Um, so it was like everything was kind of lining up. My uh, my high school football coach was the defensive coordinator at uh, John Carroll. My high school basketball coach had had become the head basketball coach at John Carroll. So things were just um, lining up to where it made sense for me to transfer to John Carroll. Um, I did that and was able to play well, let's, uh, play right away. John Carroll requires you to average a GPA of three point five. Sheesh, five. 3.55 in high school. The average SAT score, 1080, highest up to 1280. That's, I only write checks that big. I, <laughs> Steve, here's the kicker. Out of high school, I wouldn't have qualified for Carol. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first. Uh, yeah, for, fresh out of high school. No, I wouldn't, I didn't, I wouldn't, my GPA would not have been what it needed to be or, or SAT. Not because it just, hey, I wouldn't have qualified, but once I got to college at uh, St. Francis, I was, um, for some reason, college was easier, you know, uh, academically for me. I, I made the honor roll, Dean's list, list and everything at St. Francis. So they um, looked at my collegiate grades and was like, oh, he's, you know, he can handle the work. So I transferred they they uh, allowed me to transfer based off my um, college uh, uh, grades, not a uh, not my uh, high school transcript. <laughs> I want to give context to this to your college. Some of the notable alumni, the late great Don Shula. Now he's not looking like the great offense coordinator right now with the New England Patriots, but John, but Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. And then you got this guy who uh, just the founder of Cable. Chuck Dole, 
how do you how are you how do you become the founder of cable? I don't like, know, that's but amazing. he's a, a billionaire, right. not even a gazillionaire. Like you invented cable. You, yeah, Whoa. it's not like oh, you know, let's do this cable. Right, right. So that that's the college that you transferred to to play football, and we know they're not known for football, but right. you, they're do a pretty good job. When I went there, playing football professionally wasn't even. That wasn't on my radar. At that point in time, I was like, let me, John Carroll, great academic school. I was focused on getting my education, graduating college, and being able to have a better life. Hmm. That was that was my mindset. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to play sports, but you don't go to Carroll thinking you're about to go to the NFL or NBA or whatever the case may be. It was like, hey, if I get, a, get my degree from Carroll out, I'll be set up pretty good in in, um, in Ohio because of you know just I knew the I knew the uh, the connections I would have with the degree from John Carroll. So you know the the other stuff as far as excelling and, and making it to the NFL that was that was icing, man. That was like I said all the stuff I had survived <laughs> from you know, man. I man I had a double barrel shotgun pointed in my face at point blank range. You know, gun pulled on me. I so by the time I got through, you know, college, man, I, all this stuff is just extra now. You know, the NFL, that's gravy. House money. Yeah. And if I'm playing with house money, means I'm not supposed to be here. Right. I'm supposed to be dead. I'm supposed to be in jail. So if I'm not supposed to be here, really, I ain't got nothing to lose. Right. And and, and also not even not having nothing, anything to lose. You just look at the. Pre- you look at the situation totally different where, yes. where somebody else, that situation may overwhelm them. Yes. Um, a challenge that you may face, a situation that you may face. Um, is you, you just, you're, you're, it doesn't affect you the same way. And you take the, ser- the situation serious, but you're not going to show the same type of emotions or reactions or the panic that somebody else who may not have had the same type of a, uh, challenges growing up so you know a lot of times uh, people will like even my wife's uh you know family they're, they're like man your demeanor is so you know like your demeanor you're just so even killed and calm about certain situations in my mind i'm saying man this all right this is a problem we got it it has to be solved regardless i've gone through some like this is not something to panic yeah. over one of our last segment is called the deep three they're three questions that just take us um, beyond who you are as a football player to get at a deeper level. So Smitty, go ahead and ask him the first one. If you can tell any young kid in Cleveland right now who dreams of playing in the NFL, but doesn't feel like he has a shot, what would you say? I would say always believe in yourself. Um, Don't let someone else's, uh, you know, doubt or whatever negativity creep into your mind, but you have to have confidence in yourself. Um, you never know. There's too many examples of of guys making it in pro sports, regardless of uh, where they come from. Everybody's not coming from the Power Five conferences anymore. You've had, you know, examples of guys coming from Division three schools like myself or NAIA. There's so many different um routes that you can take to be um to be noticed so just 
just continue to believe in yourself, prepare. And when you get that opportunity, be ready to show your, uh, to show your skills, but you know, never, never, never think you're not going to get an opportunity. You have a legacy on the field, London. What is the legacy that you are creating now? My legacy is, is with my children. You know, that's the, that's the thing that when we're, when I'm done, when I'm gone, that's the thing that I think, you know, I'm, I have to be most um, concerned with is my children, my three children, um, my two girls, Paige and Brooke, and then my son, Steele. What are they gonna, how will they be as adults? How will they be as um, parents? You know, what kind of things I can instill with them and instill in them to, um, to hope that they're better people, that they're, you know, doing the things that, that I would be proud of. Um, you know, that's, that's really the legacy that I think about most. If you could write a letter to Charlotte Kramer and, and the Schwartz, what, what would you, what would it contain? Well, at first it would contain uh, just a uh, tremendous amount of gratitude and, and appreciation for them caring enough to, to give back because it wasn't something that they they had to do. It was something that they wanted to do. And for Mrs. Kramer to feel the the need to give back and say, you know what, I want to be able to make these kids' lives better or help make these kids' lives better. Um, just would be a tremendous amount of gratitude and appreciation for for them because they didn't have to do it and 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 she chose to do it and they chose to do it. So it would just be a, a tremendous amount of appreciation. London never missed a game. Now I know you missed some games, but were there times where you just didn't feel it for whatever reason and you played through it? Oh yeah, you feel it all the time. Hmm. I wouldn't say necessarily because of injuries. It's like, it, it may be because of the way the season's going. Shoot, sometimes you don't feel it. You start playing, and all of a sudden, the game gets out of hand re yeah. really quickly. Yeah. And you're like, goodness gracious. You look up, yeah, it's still the first quarter. <laughs> so do you have to do you have to fake it till you feel it almost? No, nah, you, you can't. No, nah, yeah. you, you can't go across the middle <laughs> faking it, right? That's how you get out. And that's how you get. I did it on purpose to get your reaction. Yeah. Nah, you you don't you don't do that. I, it, it's just one of those things, just like any other job, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's tough, and you 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 got to white knuckle it. Mm -hmm. You got to figure it out. And you, you got to problem solve and go about your day. Um, there are factors on why and how, but there's nothing you could do about it. You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent. And most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr. That is me is a production of Cut To It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media team. Wesley Robinson and John Show from Balto Creative Media. Cut to it is produced by Brian Baltashevich 
and Meredith Carter, with production assistance by Alex Lebrecht. Production manager is Sarah Pollock. Theme music by Alex Johnson. Lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.